Hello there, laser timers, and welcome to a special presentation of season two of an Elm Street Nightmare. Oh, yes. It's happening, sort of, maybe, I don't know. If you didn't realize it, last year we did a limited series, an Elm Street Nightmare, all about Freddy, all about Freddy Krueger, or the Nightmare on Elm Street series, minus the remake. This year we wanted to tackle a different series, and that series is... Warlock. No, Friday the 13th. That said, there were some complications. We didn't quite unlock it on Patreon, but we wanted to do it anyway. Uh, Lizzie has a special announcement in this episode that you simply must hear. But we want to try and continue. This is a full seasonal series anyway. Basically, season two of An Elm Street Nightmare, which will confusingly focus on Friday the 13th, will be exclusive to patrons until fully unlocked. You can get it at patreon.com slash laser time, as well as bonus time. Oh, a brand new uh, bonus episode of 302010 this week at the low cost of five bucks, as well as access to over 100 movie commentaries, video commentaries, and everything else we've ever posted there. Once again, you can support us, keep us going, keep our equipment up to date, hosting, all that stuff, keeping people paid. And yes, now you have access to a brand new seasonal show. How will we go on? I don't know, but I do know some laser timers aren't going to like this episode. Episode. So Friday the 13th isn't your bag, especially going through the first Friday the 13th movie, which is fucking fascinating. Go ahead and skip this one. We'll have something brand new for you next week. We promise we always do. Until then, patreon.com slash laser time is how you can support us and how you can get access to this show exclusively and how you can get access to every episode of season two of an Elm Street Nightmare for the foreseeable future. I'll stop yammering, ladies and gentlemen, an Elm Street Nightmare season two, episode one. Welcome to an Elm Street nightmare. Ooh. Welcome. Ooh. Yeah, welcome back to an Elm Street nightmare. What was formerly an exploration of the life, work, and legacy of Freddy Krueger. Not saying it'll never be again, but it's definitely not now. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, who is with me. And I'm Lizzie Cuevas. Lizzie Cuevas, and we will be looking at, in today's episode, we will be looking at the first Friday the 13th, because we will be so looking... So this is a, a Camp Crystal nightmare. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, we're keeping the name. I don't care if it doesn't work. I don't care. El- ElmStreetNightmare.com. That's still where everything lives. I'm not going to change it. Uh, we're not. Gonna, it's such a cool name. And besides, we, got, we started doing this, Lizzie, because Nightmare on Elm Street was our favorite horror series. Yeah. That's not going to change. But it's why not look at another horror series just in time for Halloween or whenever you're listening to this, uh, the Friday the 13th series. And so we're going to look at the life, work, and legacy of Jason Voorhees. Although not much in this episode. A <laughs> little bit of a spoiler. But uh, yeah, I figured like, why not recap a little bit with what we're, what we've been up to and why. Yeah, can I say something? Yeah, well, tease why we you, need you to. Know, as, you know, as we're recording this, yeah. this, this is the anniversary of the launch of our first episode. Whoa, the one exactly year anniversary. One year. It's been 84 years. It hasn't been one year. <laughs> uh, and you, this is the only episode you're going to do. Yeah, about that. About that. You know, we wanted to do the whole Child's Play series. Yes, but you rather selfishly decided to. Uh, I'm getting married. <laughs> Get married. <laughs> and we would have needed to have started in like July. And, yeah, and my bad. My it's not bad. your bad. It's both of our, I don't know. I, don't, I, didn't, we should, I could have worked a little harder, but it's hard to get amped for Halloween in July. Yes, I, I'm getting married in less than a month. No yeah. vows have been written yet, so I need to do that. <laughs> and what kind of, you scheduled your wedding so close to Halloween. What's going on, Lizzie? I don't know. Bad luck. Can we wear something spooky? Yeah, okay. wear all your spooky materials. Thank <laughs> you. I will. Uh, and so again, we always preface this with: we are not experts, just enthusiasts and fans. Um, there are probably some people, hell, people we know who yes, know more. Surgeon General's warning that we're not experts. <laughs> yeah, on so this you are free to correct us uh, in the comments of this or Facebook or Twitter or let us know when we get something wrong because we won't proclaim to have gotten everything right. Yeah. But don't at me. But we are huge horror fans, and like this year has been like another really dope year for horror, and we're not even like full on into the no, no. It's been a really good year for horror, has it not? It has, yeah. I mean, I I watched so many good movies since we last spoke, including mm-hmm. Hereditary, which I know we both briefly talked about together. That shit 
I don't know. They got me like re, I don't know. If if I was out of the genre, that would that movie would have gotten me like reinterested in watching horror in general. That shit was nuts. And if you haven't seen Hereditary, please do yourself a favor. Do not read anything about it. Watch the dumb trailer and say like, I think I've seen that before. Just watch it and don't worry about it and go see the movie. It was one of the first movies in a while that got me spooked. Yeah. I felt, you know, it, and it's it's a slow burn, but it's just the imagery right. in the movie that like it sticks with you. I've had I've long had after the movie's over. Yeah, I've had scarier experiences in the theater, but Hereditary stayed with me in a way that was frustrating and weird until for much longer than when I left the theater. There's certain <laughs> there's certain things I can't see in my house anymore. Like I don't want to think about that again. Ooh, whoa! It's not that bad for me, but yeah, I could I could imagine it's pretty creepy. Yeah, no, it, I it sucks. I don't ever ever want to see that in a doorway in my life. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, well, we're talking about Friday the Thirteenth, which is a series I have not revisited. I have not revisited in years. But Lizzie, I think I said that about Nightmare on Elm Street last year. In a VHS world, when these movies were born and when I was renting them. We, I saw the, the first Friday the 13th I saw was way late, was like one of the later entries and you would go to the video store and you're like, I want to see a Friday the 13th movie. Which ones do they have? Uh, six, seven, and four. Get, get four. Like that's all we could do. I couldn't revisit the movie series and we couldn't revisit these movie series in order. You had to settle for what was on the shelves. Um, but I haven't seen the nun yet, uh, but my friend. Oh, I have. Have you? It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> It was it was more of a comedy. Yeah, really? Uh, maybe it was not, but <laughs> it was not good. So you're, but you're saying it was unintentionally Actually, funny. All right. Ooh. Yeah, it was unintentionally funny. Let me see. I, I remember before I watched it, I did see the Rotten Tomatoes rating, and I think at the time it was like 28. Well, you know what? That's going to be a lot higher than almost any Friday the 13th Ooh, movie. Ooh, it's 27% now. That's not great, but it's like, what, the six inch? Not great. Not bad. Not, not bad. Not bad. Compared to uh, rings, rings are dude. Wait till you get. Wait till we get deeper into the Friday the Thirteenth series. It's worse than Freddy. Really? But they're still. Oh my goodness. They're still fun. And my experience, I usually watch one Friday the Thirteenth movie every Halloween. This is the first time I'm doing them all. But I do. Con- you should watch one of these movies every Halloween because there's a certain flavor that not a lot of other shit has. It. They're great. They're just like I don't know. They're like vanilla horror. Vanilla taste. It, it's vanilla. It tastes good. You know exactly what you're gonna get, but like, it's got a good vibe. Yeah, I will. I will have to say. Hmm. I'll have to be honest that I am not extremely, or was not initially extremely familiar with the Friday the Thirteenth series, hmm. and revisiting it was interesting because you know when people hear Friday the Thirteenth, everyone thinks about Jason Voorhees and the hockey mask and everything, uh-huh. and. There was none of that. It's a much different world back then. It, but did you have any? Did you have any personal familiarity with the uh, Friday Thirteenth series uh, back when you were younger? Oh yeah, I've seen. So it's weird because um, I, I think I've never seen a full movie all the way through. It was always just on TV, and mm-hmm. every time it was on TV, it was you know one of the later films, and I saw part bits and pieces of it. So I probably saw like. A Frankenstein version yeah. of Friday the Thirteenth, and it's like, oh, that well, that's Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, especially if it was on cable, and I had the experience of since I saw them out of order, and then later on cable, I find them somewhat indistinguishable unless you tell me, oh, this is the one on a boat or in space. <laughs> oh God, let's not talk about the space. <laughs> but you're lucky; you're getting out before that happens. <laughs> uh, but but like, but the first couple are pretty goddamn fun. And it, it, they are, the movie is kind of a pioneering series in a way. It does deserve some credit as far as the slasher genre goes, because it did make, it did break it mainstream, uh, with some help, of course. Talk more about the history of Friday the 13th when we get back. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 2008. 
Because the next movie, the next movie, I think, is even worse. Oh my god, like, it's yes. so bad. <laughs> and for, for almost fun, bad, almost for little boy Chris who like first started to like movies and like the manly old movies of Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. It's surprising they don't do more movies together. They should be. At this point, they should be Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. Right. No one's going to finance well, a movie unless you're both in it. <laughs> maybe, but I mean, when they finally are together in Heat, it's like such a great scene and it's such a big deal. And then they come together for this piece yeah. of crap. Oh, it's a real piece of garbage. Well, De Niro and Pacino, of course, with Curtis Jackson, Donnie Wahlberg, and Carla Gugino. Curtis Jackson is better Fitty? known as Fitty Sen. Fitty in Righteous Kill. I feel like you don't really see that often when two cops are the same age and they're partners. Yeah. Usually it's like both, a young yeah. guy. They're both oh in their god. late 70s right. and like definitely should have retired. Oh my god, you should see them running. And that- it is hilarious. <laughs> oh god. Robert De Niro is also fucking Carla Gugino dur- mm. in, during this. Jesus. And there is a scene. There are multiple generations between them. Yeah. <laughs> there is a scene of her of him having sex with her. No! And he, he's making the Al Pacino face that's like <laughs> No, I'm sorry, not Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Oh, and like the like the, the, the puppet frown? <laughs> the the <laughs> yes, yes. I know exactly what you mean yes. when Kermit the Frog is yes. confused. Yes! Like <laughs> he's making that face. It is terrible. Robert De Niro said about Carla Gugino that she has sex with him so often. He's had to start peeing sitting down. He's the owner of a dick. I don't understand. That I, w- I had to be um, like, babe, is he saying that his sperm is so depleted she turned him into a woman? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she broke your dick, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> like, broke it in half. You're Pacino and you're Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LazerTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I did was pick up a bunch more records. So I'm like Ooh. super excited about. It. I sent you a couple pictures. Like, look what I got. I hope you bought it's that like, SNL album. Of course I did. Oh, sweet, because I meant to buy it when I saw it. And you I responded not. with a very weird text. I said, that- buy that piss. Oh, okay. Let me tell and you then I what. Saw, and then I saw your response much, much later, and he <laughs> says, "What piss?" And like, he called me and told me about that later on. I was like, I have no idea what he meant. Is, is Antista having a stroke? Because no. I don't understand. I just have a bunch of cool lingo unto myself. Oh, okay. That you everybody said, wants you to You said, anyway. but that piss. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's like, it's like, so I was like, what piss? It means like, bank that piss. In I your meant butt. to say, drink that pee. That's what I was trying to say. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash laser time. people welcome back uh to an elm street nightmare talking about friday the 13th and i understand now how confusing that is <laughs> it's such a confusing sentence to say but lizzie what movie are we talking about today we're talking about the friday the 13th oh wait i had this thing all queued up for you uh, i was gonna say who else is with me today and you were gonna say oh me lizzie i said lizzie You'll always be playing. <laughs> Your name what? is shouted out in what? the in Friday the Thirteenth Part One. What an honor! What an honor! Even though I think there's like sixteen Chris's throughout the series, so it's not a contest. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but we talk about the Friday the Thirteenth movie today, and let's hear a little bit of bit of that trailer. Friday, the Thirteenth. You may only see it once, but that will be enough. So like we had to remember we had to say this we had to say that on um with with the first nightmare in Elm Street because the trailer didn't tell you what you were dealing with. It didn't say who the killer was. You just didn't know. 
In this yeah. movie, like you do not know. There's been a this, there's not a glut of slasher movies. It's not a totally well defined genre. They just show you this trailer and they count down to thirteen with on screen deaths, even though there's only there's not that many deaths in this movie. Yeah, there, there really wasn't. Right, and and it's very it's very strange. You need to put yourself in that mindset. This and the end of Planet of the Apes and Citizen Kane are one of the mo- like most well known movie spoilers that we have. I know you know the ending to Friday the Thirteenth. Part one, even if you've never seen it, but I'm saying pretend that you don't, and that you hear a trailer like that. Like it's just bizarre to think about. Like I'm gonna go to the movie theater to watch a movie about something or somebody killing people. Hmm. Yeah. And what was it like? I mean, this came out before Nightmare on Elm Street. It did. Right. Yeah. Four years before, because the release date is what, Lizzie? May 9th, nineteen eighty. May 9th, nineteen eighty. So not even like I thought. Friday the thirteenth. <laughs> Yeah, definitely not. But 1980, I am... Uh, did, Liz- did May 9th even have a Friday the 13th? Wait, what? That's impossible. How can May 9th have a Friday the 13th? <laughs> did, did May 1980 have a oh. Friday the 13th? <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but also, did May 9th I, I think that they were talking... There was some talk at some point that is how the series was supposed to be released. Like, every time there'd be a, an actual Friday the 13th, once a year, you'd get a Friday the 13th movie on that day. And, mm, and they fucked it up the first time. And initially, it wasn't all going to be about Crystal Lake or Jason Voorhees. It would be unrelated, kind of like how they tried to do with Halloween 3, which I love. Season of the Witch, please put it in your rotation this Halloween. It's fantastic. But who was this movie written by, Lizzie? Um, uh, Victor Miller. Victor Miller. We'll talk more about him in a second. It's directed by... And it was directed by Sean S. Cunningham. Yes. And who are these? <laughs> You'll recognize... 1.2 names in the cast. Ooh, I, I see one of that I know. You do. <laughs> uh, who is in this film? Adrian King, mm-hmm. Harry Crosby, Janine Taylor, Lori Bartram, and Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Oh. Oh my God, that was Kevin Bacon. Indeed, it was. He still looks almost exactly the same, by the way. <laughs> With Betsy Palmer as Mrs. Voorhees. Pamela Voorhees. Stop elbowing your friends. We know you know how this ends. Uh, this this movie raked in thirty nine point seven million dollars at the box office, um, which is pretty impressive. Given like I think they were given half a million to make the film, so that's yeah, if you think. I, in, sorry, go ahead. If you think maybe in, you want to start that over because I interrupted you. If you think in terms of like it made four hundred percent profit or no fourth what what is the, what is the percentage on that? It made a lot of its money back. How about that? And it uh, made a hundred. This is why I do PR, because there's right. no math involved. It adjusted for inflation, that's $136 million at the domestic box office. That's pretty fucking good. A horror movie is lucky to get that nowadays. And that makes the original film the seventh highest grossing in the series, which I think is weird, because this should have been that the is, one that, that most really people weird. saw. We got a body count of 10, including, I have an air quotes, the killer. <laughs> uh, and the official synopsis, Lizzie, can you take that from me? <coughs> Which I, I heard you're not supposed to actually clear your voice. It's, it's you're bad. Strain your vocal cords. Are you crazy? Yeah. Go gargle some honey. <laughs> Crystal Lake's history of murder doesn't add uh, doesn't deter counselors from setting up a summer camp in a woodsy area. Superstitious locals warn against it, but the fresh-faced young people Jack, Kevin Bacon, Alice, Adrian King, Bill, Harry Crosby, Marcy, Janine Taylor, and Ned, Mark Nelson. Wait. We didn't introduce Mark Nelson. <laughs> I, we're supposed to read those anyway. We just had him. <laughs> Pay little heed to the old timers. Then they find themselves stalked by a brutal killer. As they are slashed, shot, and stabbed, the counselors struggle to stay alive against the merciless opponent. The merciless opponent. That is how they had to officially describe it. Nobody, no mention of Jason Voorhees because he doesn't exist yet. But that, we all know it's Jason. We all know it's Jason. No, it's but not. there's going to be what's. But again, what's Spoiler fun about. Alert. What's fun about the film is the number of red herrings they do to like, who is the killer? We're going to give you a couple clues that are all going to essentially mislead you. It's all because of these horny teens. <laughs> these horny ass teens. Uh, <laughs> God, it's such, a, it's such a gory movie, yet so puritanical. Uh, a, lot, a lot of the stuff from the film, I feel, is where like Jamie Kennedy's rants come from and scream. Oh, God, yeah. Like uh, the once you have sex, you get killed. Once you smoke pot, you get killed. But we find that like the people Jason kills before that do not adhere to Jamie Kennedy's scream rules. So shut up, Jamie Kennedy. That feels always feels good to say. <laughs> Wait, which wasn't it the two 
camp counselors that were like about to have sex. Yes, but like, oh, what you're right. That's how it starts out. Mm-hmm. Who maybe were who maybe were boning down. Yeah. A bad bonin. Because that's how they're punished. That's how the movie starts out with uh you do see these camps these counselors sneak away in nineteen fifty eight. Nineteen fifty eight. That's how that's where this movie starts. Um Oh wait! I went, hold on. I wanted to talk a little bit before we get into that. I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of Friday the Thirteenth because it's yes. pretty interesting. Uh, because again, we don't the, the the VHS store I grew up with was overrun with slasher movies, but that's kind of because of Friday the Thirteenth, you know? Because there were so many. Yeah, because it was so successful. But like Friday the Thirteenth yeah. itself is not aping, but the screenwriter Victor Miller said like, no, he was very inspired by what John Carpenter did with Halloween uh, in '78. Oh yeah, uh, but there's only one Halloween movie now, and there's not a lot of Me Too's. Um, and and I just I think its story is a little interesting. It's directed by Sean Cunningham, uh, and he had his first movie was The Art of Marriage, which is sometimes referred to as a white coder, which sounds disgusting because it, it really is. Does. Because it is. Did you, I? I didn't learn about this until uh, watching that documentary about Debbie Does Dallas. It was sort of the idea when you wanted to sneak in porn, you had to pretend it was educational. So at some point in a porno movie or sexploitation movie, as they're called, uh, you'd have a bunch of nudity and like getting down, but then you'd have a doctor be like, oh, yes, your clitoris is in the back of your throat, and that is why you must give blowjobs. Well, that like, explains uh, everything. Like, <laughs> so you, you, you would have an excuse to make um, just to show a show of a shitload of nudity in a society that was only kind of getting comfortable with that in the late 60s, you know? Because we finally have an R rating at this point. It, there'd been like fi- there'd been like fifty years of like sanitized film. Uh, the R rating was relatively new at this at, at the point where Cunningham is making his first movie. His next movie is called Together, and it's essentially a remake of The Art of Marriage, but with a better budget and somebody someone who's not a first time director. Uh, and every one of these movies is profitable, and they roll the profits into the next one. But during the Together movie, Cunningham hires a young man to assist him in the editing, and uh, that man is named Wes Craven. Ah, my fave man. Isn't that crazy that Wes Craven... Wes Craven is a tiny little part of the Friday the 13th DNA as well. Uh, Hallmark yeah, that's re- awesome. Hallmark releasing... My only uh, experience with that before this was uh, when we both watched Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> Except, you know, that, that's more of just the, the colliding of the franchises. Which you can listen to right now, people, but I encourage you, don't skip ahead. Don't do that to yourself. Because <laughs> it's so much... I cannot wait to get to that. I, I'm going to listen to that episode as soon as we get to... I guess, is it is it 9 or 10? It's after 10. After 10. That's when, uh, that's when they meet up. But uh, after that, Wes Craven wrote and directed a little movie called Last House on the Left, which is horrifying. Um, the, the studio that had financed the previous movies, they actually are the ones who asked them to make a horror movie. So they did. They obliged them. Uh, and Sean Cunningham produced uh, Wes Craven's Last House on the Left. And after that, seeing how successful Halloween was, they embarked on making one of those there's varying accounts, but like they say that the uh, Cunningham was mostly interested in the title because you have to admit it's a pretty dope title. Yeah, and it almost has nothing to do with anything that happens in the film, but it's we instantly know what Friday the Thirteenth is. It's a great title. The only thing I'm bummed about is did you notice the he built the he he even got a logo commission before the movie was made, and that logo that like blocky '70s Friday the Thirteenth thing we've lost that logo to time. We now only have like the fucking Tribal tattoo, Friday the Thirteenth font. Oh God! But I love, wait, I need to look this up. I love that giant 3D thirteen though. It's used as a title for uh, numerous Friday the Thirteenth movies. Friday the Thirteenth was such a success. I believe Paramount, Paramount, a major studio, wanted to get it on this independent train, and it was like, it seems like, I think back then, if you have to think of back then, a major studio getting involved in this genre or a genre at the time that was this graphic, that was pretty odd. And Friday the Thirteenth went on. Uh, in 1980 to be the 18th highest grossing movie of the year, which is no small feat in a year that included uh, Airplane, 9 to 5, The Blues Brothers, Caddyshack, The Shining, Raging Bull, and perhaps the most anxiously awaited sequel of its day, the most popular 1980s movie of all time, Smokey and the Bandit 2. <laughs> or Empire Strikes Back, depending on how you feel. Uh, <laughs> I just miss Burt Reynolds already. It's, it just hasn't been that... Oh, it's only been a couple of days now. Anyway, but yes, that's that's the, the the rough history of Friday the Thirteenth. But it's it's odd to like try and try and as we go through the plot, try and imagine yourself as someone who's walking the theater. Like you do not know what to expect. The movie opens up with these 
two counselors who run off uh, to get down. I don't know what I don't know what they call it over there in the Bay Area, Lizzie. To knock uh, boots, bumping uglies, to bump uglies, to share the beast with two backs, to swap booty, um, and, <laughs> and and we just we don't see a killer. We see the first person account of a killer, and initially the victim is very nice to the killer. We weren't doing anything. We were just messing. I was only. I only noticed. When you know who the the killer is, that young man's eyeline, he is looking way up at who we know the killer will be eventually be. So the killer is much taller than this man and this woman. Uh, I Look, suspension Pamela? of disbelief. Do, no, don't say it yet. Don't no, say it yet. We're kidding. avoiding all the spoilers. So that's a flashback to 1958. A murder has occurred in 1958. It's 1980, and it hark- they immediately harken back to a, a much more... Uh, a much more wholesome era where a woman can hitchhike across the country alone <laughs> and talk to a dog. Cat. Excuse me, girl. Excuse me. Hi, boy. Hey, you speak English? How far is it to Camp Crystal Lake? That far, huh? Okie dokie. See you later. I forgot you could see my fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> so a girl, a girl hitchhiking to Crystal Lake, like that, that unnerved me more than I think the filmmakers intended in 2018. Why is that? Fuck it. Like there's, it's a town. Like even the cops suspect other people are killing people who aren't Voorheeses. Uh, and this woman's hitchhiking alone to a job in the middle of nowhere. And, yeah, and then she got what she deserved. And doesn't seem to know Being where an she's going. Character. <laughs> <laughs> she was really annoying. We meet, uh, and then we meet, I just want to highlight Crazy Ralph. Uh, she, oh, we yeah. instantly meet Crazy Ralph. And I, I meant to look up on TV tropes. This character has to have a name. Like the guy who just for no reason, like, everything's doomed, doomed. Yeah, they, they have that guy in the first season of uh, American Horror Story. Right. And, but like Ralph, is, Ralph, will, Ralph will be in the next movie. Oh, that's probably a spoiler. But here, check it out. All the girls up there going to look as good as you? Not enough. You're going to camp blood, ain't you? God damn it, Ralph. Get out of here. Go on, get. Leave people alone. You'll never come back again. Oh, shut up, Ralph. It's got a death. Shut up, Ralph. Shut up, Ralph. Uh, Even though he's like... What I don't understand about that is Mm. why is... he's, He's still... Well... I guess he's still alive or he doesn't get killed and but he's still going around to these cabins where uh-huh. he should be like a really easy target, right? Oh, Ralph is a capital creep. Oh, Lizzie, you should see the next film. Oh. <laughs> or 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 he's not having sex. He's not having sex, but it's <laughs> it's loosely implied he's a looky-loo. <laughs> if I if I can put it nicely, uh, but the whole town is would you call the town of uh well, I don't know if it's the town of, but Crystal Lake in general is pretty creepy. Yeah, because um, we got to get to the camp. Camp, uh, it's you know the camp they shot at still exists. It's a boy, Where? it's a Where? Boy Scout camp in New Jersey called Camp Nobibosco, Nobibosco uh, in wow. New Jersey. It's still there. It has it has a nice little uh, section of Friday the Thirteenth memorabilia, which seems odd for young boys to stare at, but whatever. Mm, it's kind of cute, I suppose. There's just, I was in a. Um, where was I? Hmm. In Virginia. Virginia? Early this year for Awesome Games Done Quick. And, um, you know, it's close to D.C. where they have the, the stairs from The Exorcist. So that was pretty cool to see in Ooh. person. You saw the stairs from The Exorcist? Yeah. I've always heard that that's like a huge photo op. Where is that again? Um, somewhere in Washington, Washington D.C. You yeah. just like look up Exorcist Steps, D.C., and they'll show you the location in the map. That's so cool. Yeah, um, it was pretty cool. It was uh, really exhausting to climb up, though. And I don't know, like, again, I've watched ahead in the films, and one of the things I want to impress upon you, Lizzie and audience, it was something we sort of stumbled upon in Talking Simpsons, just that, like, in a more innocent time, in a pre-internet world, like, Nobody started making movies with like a Bible or like a, a franchise guide. There's no, there's no manager of a franchise. They're not really looking at continuity. So like <laughs> there's all these weird little mistakes or things they don't, that, that don't gel when you watch the movie together. They're not totally coherent, but they weren't, they were making them up as they went. 
And as easy it is for us to look up a YouTube clip and remember what was said by a character, like that shit used to be hard. And sometimes people were just writing from memory. So there's there's some minor incoherent stuff. I do want to point out that they call the townspeople call Camp Crystal Lake Camp Blood because of the incident that occurred in 1958, where at this point only two camp counselors were murdered by whom we do not know. And, and now all of a sudden it's Camp Blood. Camp Blood. Yeah, two people who died. Which is seriously like, it seems like one of two places in town to work. There is a cafe and that's it, Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> uh, and there's just some odd, odd lore behind it. But it would be nice if the townspeople were a little more forthcoming with information because uh, Homegirl... And look, I usually write down the name of every character and try and refer to them by name. But dude, watching this many Friday the 13th in a row, I am not writing down this many white names. <laughs> Todd, Dan, Bill. It's they're they're gone before you can get to know them. I was I was waiting. Uh, I was sad that there was no Chad. I thought that was this movie, but I'm sure there's is a, there Chad. a Chad in any of the movies. Well, I'm, I get confused. Have you played the Friday Thirteenth game? Yes, I have. It is. I wish it were better. I love the game. I think it's well. I think it's the well, it's the best I think it's because I played. You know, I started playing Dead by Daylight. So by the time uh, Friday Thirteenth came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it was out in beta, it was just, it felt a lot more slow paced. No, it, well, I think Dead by Daylight is the better multiplayer game. I do think Friday the 13th is the best movie game I've ever played in my life. Oh, yeah. That no, it, I really liked what they did with it. It just, you know. And that they somehow managed to make the perfect, make the games feel exactly like the movies, sometimes without using the real people just things inspired by that. But like, if you play the game and like some of these locations are like, are in the game like perfectly. It's, yeah. Even from the first movie, like I just immediately thought of the game. Yeah. Cause I was, uh, cause Dave and I, we streamed the game a bunch. I have technically spent more time at camp crystal Lake in that game, but it looks <laughs> just like the ones in the first three movies. It's, it's, Oh God. Yeah. When they were showing like all the cabin scenes, I was like, Oh no, we got to get the flashlight. We right. got to get the gas. You go get the Hurry. sweater. Oh, that's a big spoiler. <laughs> Uh, but, but you know, the hitchhiking girl on her way to Crystal Lake get, does get some good advice from a cryptic truck driver who just should give her more information. Tell you anything? Who? Your boss, Steve Christie. Oh, I'll be cooking for 50 kids and 10 staff. I mean about what happened. No. Come on. There's something you're not telling me. Quit. Quit now. Quit? Why would I want to quit? Camp Crystal Lake has changed. Oh, terrific. Not you, too. You sound like your crazy friend back there, Ralph. Well, maybe. Did Christy tell you about the two kids murdered in 58? Huh? Boy drowning in 57? A bunch of fires? Nobody knows who did any of them. In 1962, they was going to open up. The water was bad. Christy will wind up just like these folks. Crazy and broke. He's been up there a year fixing up that place. He must have dropped $25,000. And for what? Ask anybody. Quit. (laughs) Shut up, Ralph. Just kidding. Remember he just told Ralph to shut up for saying the place was cursed? Yeah. (laughs) And he he just told her the exact same thing. But it's it's interesting because it's the first... Now we have the first reference to a child who who died. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bad water. <laughs> burning cabins uh it's it's subtle and i would only i don't know because like we we have plenty of time lizzie to break down our thoughts on the story i thought in the middle because like when we when i captured clips for elm street nightmare like freddie fucking talks all the time <laughs> like there's like barely any dialogue in this film at all and if it is it's like we need to get a generator <laughs> and then long silence yeah. like yeah that's that's was- pretty much it it was um it felt surprisingly slower than I thought it would be. And I will say minor spoiler. The second one feels much faster. It it instantly feels like the movie you think this should feel like. I don't ever want to say this and I know I shouldn't. I feel like you can kind of skip this movie. Yeah, you know what? It's kind of weird going back to this first film after, you know, just ha- you know, the franchise has been out for a while, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's been out for a while and uh, everyone sort of, even people who haven't watched the movie, if you say like Friday the 13th or Jason, like they know what you're talking about, right. but that does not feel like this first movie. Not at all. And like it, it spends, cause I, again, that's having to put yourself into a 1980s film goer. 
they're setting mm-hmm. up all these threads and all these things. I thought it was kind of funny that like all the Southern cops are <laughs> depicted exactly like Southern cops now. <laughs> like, wah, wah. But have you in the movie? They're always called off to another murder. <laughs> <laughs> As if there's something more important than what's happening at Crystal Lake. There, there's always this town is bustling with shit. That's just Ralph talking again. And it is. It is. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, crazy Ralph. And that's the, the right here is the the asshole cop. Wanted Kevin ba- calling Kevin Bacon a stoner, uh, but but <laughs> saying that crazy Ralph giving the audience the expectation that the killer has to be crazy Ralph because he's always doing stuff like this. Hey, nice bike. You been smoking, boy? Smoking. Don't smoke. Causes cancer. You know what I mean. Would you just get up a spaceship or something? Colombian gold man, grass, hash, the weed, dig it? Hey, what's he talking about? Hey, don't get smart. Me? I'm as dumb as they come. Hey, another word out of you, you understand? Officer, officer. Sure. Really, uh, nothing's going on here. We're just trying to get the place in shape. In shape for what? Officer, is there anything we can do to help? We'd be glad to help out. Looking for somebody. Now, who's that? Guy named Ralph. Town crazy. Well, there's no crazy people around here, right? <laughs> I told you to sit on it, Tonto. Now, I got word that Ralph was peddling out this way, spouting his gospel. So we haven't seen anybody here, officer. Just us. Uh, this guy, Ralph, is he dangerous? Every time that loony gets drunk, he gets his calling. I end up spending the morning in court, and he gets a week in jail. <sighs> oh, Ralph. Oh, Ralph. Oh, Ralph. And you know, hearing that dialogue again, it almost makes me feel like they're trying to make me think that Ralph is the killer, yeah. even though he's clearly not. No, they are. I think that's a, that is a giant red herring being tossed at you by the filmmakers. I would never fly. You are suppo- not Ralph. He's so harmless. But it's also like, it's crazy. Do you remember like the Andy Griffith show that like, which I barely watch, but like they have a friendly town drunk. Oh yeah. It's like, I don't, we absolutely don't have those <laughs> anymore. Oh, he's always getting hammered and breaking into my house and causing trouble. Ah, he'll let him sleep it off. Like that doesn't really happen, but. Not in 2018. Yeah, but I don't know. Was it, just, it, it maybe it just be Ralph's white privilege, but he's allowed to like get drunk, <laughs> go anywhere and never get in trouble. Cause like he immediately is inside the campers in the closet, in the ca- in the in the cabin. <laughs> Messenger of God, you're doomed if you stay here. This place is cursed. Cursed. It's got a death curse. Who are you? What do you want? God sent me. Get out of here, man. Like, you know what I was sort of shocked by, Lizzie? All the early kills, like, all happen in broad daylight. And I think That's you forget. Because he's a badass motherfucker. Yeah, you forget that about this series. And uh, I, I love when the girl is picked up in the car of the killer. Once again, <laughs> Eyeline doesn't match who we eventually meet as the killer. But when that girl gets her throat slit, it is so disgusting. <laughs> it's one of the grosser yeah, effects. Yeah, no, I've it seen. was really cool, though. I, I, I couldn't take my eyes off of it actually and that's well that's because it's courtesy of legendary special effects guru uh tom savini he's fresh off of dawn of the dead and which nice. yeah which is amazing and like he's done so many amazing effects in other films i think he's primarily like like an actor now he's so famous for his horror stuff he pops up in almost every horror movie i i think he's i was playing he's like the main bad guy in the video game loco cycle (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, the game about the sentient motorcycle. It's fantastic. Um, but it, at this point, it's just a slow pickoff of teenagers, which... I, th- I thought you were going to play a thing. No, no, <laughs> like, I'm out of fucking clips, because there's not really, like, it, it, it's hard to play a clip of someone being silently stabbed. <laughs> oh, ever so silently. Or shot with arrows, or, like, and I think, they, like, oh, man, they even, there's that snake scene, right? Oh yeah, that was gr- actually it's fucking sick. Is that a real snake? It's totally a real snake. It made me sad. <laughs> I know. We just we were just talking about behind the scenes of Apocalypse Now, and like they had to go like through pretty ridiculous steps to film the sacrificing of an animal, but it was like an actual tribe doing it, and they just got it on screen and tried to pretend it was part of the movie. This they just killed a fucking they like decapitated yeah. snake on screen. Yeah, and I was like, wait, that can't be. It. And but you look closely, and it is a real snake, uh, unless. I'm wrong, but and you just said I, I can't. I can't be sure about it, but like it felt like almost an excuse to do a Chekhov's gun thing. Hold, hold up, hold up. <laughs> According to Reptiles magazine, <laughs> 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 I 
sounds like it was a real snake. Yeah. Dude, you can you heard see it here on Reptiles Magazine. You can see it's a real snake, but it, but it, it seems like like a, a Chekhov's gun thing because like the second that guy help me with the snake, I got it, and he picks up the machete. I'm like, there it is. <laughs> They're showing us the machete, so we know why it's used later on. Uh, <laughs> but then they murder a snake in front of us, and it's like, yeah, deeply unsettling. Like, why would you fucking? <laughs> <laughs> why would you do well, that? It worked. And and so like it's sort of astonishing, just in in terms of a Friday the Thirteenth film, it's. It's pretty. The movie takes its time to get here, but the the middle chunk is just teenagers being picked off one by one. They and almost none of them see shit coming because that's it's more than some of the other movies. Nobody has any idea who Jason is or that there's a killer after them, so they just slowly die, and only one person gets to fight because them. Because they're too busy having sex, right. and because Ralph is crazy. As Kevin Bacon, it takes a hit off that dube. And just get stabbed <laughs> yeah. through the throat. And I got to say, advice for filmmakers, when filming the murder of Kevin Bacon uh, by being stabbed through the throat, try and make sure the color of his uh, throat matches his face. Because that would have looked so much better <laughs> if only those skins were... That, that was pretty good, though. That that actually caught me by surprise because I thought that you know the killer was going to come from somewhere else. But mm-hmm. there you have it. No, the, 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 the first shot from the side I thought was amazing. And there's like this overhead shot that like that... You just yeah. ruined the whole effect. I, I did jump. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the first the, the first instance of that thing just popping through his throat was disgusting. <laughs> and, and let's rem- like remember like it, the movies are gross and the effects are very good, but do you see this movie as something that almost got an X rating cuz they did? Like these Oh, yeah, no. I felt like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street was way right? more gross. But I mean, that was years later, so. It was years later, but like but that's what we grew up on. We grew up on Freddy. Like, I'm literally going to turn you to roach and tear your limbs off and beat you with them. Like, I'm going to so, turn you into a meatball and stick my head, finger so, through your head. So, yeah, Jason creatively <laughs> stabbing people is, like, fucking tame by comparison. But, like, it was pretty controversial. Uh, but, yeah, just, like, uh, this is when we lose, like, nine teenagers and uh, the camp director. And, and a couple people even die off screen. But it just it's the movies at this point are just about it's just about tension. It's not totally about the kills, even though like the, Jason has a high body count, one of the highest in in film history, I believe. Like way, yeah, and way higher than Freddy. Um, I was actually impressed by that one off screen kill where they show, I guess I should know his name. No, fucking the, the guy on the top, the, the top bunk guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> top bunk, you know, top him. bunk guy. Let's call him Steve. We have a we have a like forty percent chance of being correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could either choose Jack or Bill. No, wait, Jack is Kevin Bacon. Bill or Ned. Yes, Bill or Ned or Bruce. I'll throw Bruce in there. Yeah, but I thought I thought that part of the movie was still pretty effective, just not a Jason movie, yeah. right? Like it felt more like a. At times, it felt more like a home invasion movie, which I just never <laughs> thought of Jason as, you know? Because um, I, I tend to watch Halloween every year, but not... Maybe they're invading Jason's home. You ever think of that? Holy shit. You no one asked my... them to, to that camp. Yeah, where's your fucking scholarly analysis now? Jason lives here. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everyone is slowly picked off until we get to Alice, who is like the first person who seems to realize, since the first girl, uh, that I'm about to be killed, I should make some efforts to defend myself. Remember that scene? It's like, I have never seen someone... It was like if Macaulay Culkin set up all those wet bandit traps, but was sobbing while he did it. (laughs) 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 She cries the whole time while she rigs these traps and ties the doors shut. Only That's probably more realistic. Right. Oh, totally. That's exactly what a kid would be doing. Uh, I just... I. It really made me laugh. <laughs> like, I played the game. Like, when you play, even when you play the game, you have to be quiet. Be quiet. You don't want to be heard. But she's like making all this fucking noise in the light, uh, tries to seal off the door, and then a body just gets thrown through the window, which once again makes you wonder when you see who the killer is. <laughs> uh, but but a pretty cool killer because well it looks like it looks like oh you know what that makes me realize what? it came out on May 9th maybe I should have like done my research but <laughs> that isn't that like Mother's Day <laughs> is is it not fuck I mean if, if they didn't want to spoil the movie you could you could have called the movie that <laughs> Mother's Day yeah. Well, we we probably should just get get right up to it because 
Alice looks well, like she's. On. Oh, Mother's Day is also a 1980 film uh, starring Nancy Hendrickson, Deborah Luce or Luce. <laughs> I don't know how to say her last name. Rose Ross, Tiana Pierce. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's Charles Kaufman. It's a brother of Lloyd Kaufman. Toxic, toxic Avenger fame and trauma films. Ah, cool. I have not seen that. Um, I, but what I was really trying to look up was when is Mother's Day 1980? Oh, it was May 11th. This close. Never yeah. forget. Never forget. Uh, that makes so much sense now. Not in any way speaking of mothers. <laughs> <laughs> Alice uh, looks like she's about to be rescued. She may have successfully fended off whomever this killer is, and we meet a brand new character. Well, I, I'm Mrs. Voorhees, an old friend of the Christie's. Oh, I can't help you if you don't calm down. But please. she's dead and he's dead and oh my god, Morville! Oh god! All right, all right, all right, come on, dear, then show. No, 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 but it's all right. I'll take care of you. I, I used to work for the Christies. Oh god, what's going on here? Please help me get out of it's here. It's just this place and, and the storm. That's why you're upset. No, 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 they're all dead. They're all dead. All right, all right, I'll go look. No, no, please don't leave me. They'll kill you too. I'm not afraid. <laughs> I love that line from her. <laughs> and I know you know where this is going, people. Think of it like an audience in a world that doesn't know what's about to happen. Uh, this is a really cool scene. If you can, if you can bring yourself to that moment, because it, it just this sort of slowly unravels uh, Pamela Voorhees, which I don't know. I couldn't take my eyes off the scene because this woman is doing like the most classical acting of all time. Her head, her fist is clenched and she's raising it to the sky. Is it that Arthur clench? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we need we need a meme for that, Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah, the fucking Voorhees clench. <laughs> <laughs> Where she she puts she bites it with her hand and puts it on the puts it on the side of the wall. Oh, why, why, dear cruel fate, why? Uh, but that is pretty much the performance she gives as we slowly start to reveal. <laughs> A little more of who this Ms. Voorhees is. Oh, what monster could have done this? Bill's out there. Oh, God, this place. Steve should never have opened this place again. There's been too much trouble here. Did you know that a young boy drowned the year before those two others were killed? The counselors weren't paying any attention. They were making love while that young boy drowned. His name was Jason. I was working the day that it happened, preparing meals. Here, I was the cook. Jason should have been watched every minute. He was... He wasn't a very good swimmer. We can go now, dear. And I, I do want to compliment the. I really like the music in this movie. Oh yeah, it it really added a lot, and I thought that was like one of the stronger points, or right? Stronger parts of the whole movie. And they said they um, tried to do the opposite of what Halloween did, which had kind of a score throughout. But they were like, uh, "No, you don't. If you hear music, the killer's there." That's it. Like every every other time, it is quiet and silent, and like shit tends to be. This is when the scary part happens, right? When there's there's like bombast when someone gets murdered, <laughs> and then once Pamela shows up, like the music gets pretty consistent. And if you're in the theater and you don't know what's happening, you start to suspect there's something a little weird happening. And let's also remember, at about an hour and twenty minutes in, somebody says the word Jason for the first time. Yeah. And Jesus, Jason, we finally have Jason. We haven't seen him. We haven't heard anybody talk about him yet, but somebody has finally said Jason. Uh, sadly, it was uh, his mom, and she seems to like. I think this performance makes much more sense in like a world where the whole world has seen Psycho. That like, uh, we're oh, I'm the killer. I'm gonna talk to myself. <laughs> you see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Where's Mr. Christie? Oh, I couldn't let them open this place again. Could I? Not after what happened. 
So I love this. So Friday the 13th is his birthday. Right. And I, I re- feel like I remember that as a piece of trivia, but not like, that's significant, dude. That's where we get every single movie is named after Jason's birthday. But, but we don't we, we hear the word Jason and Friday the 13th within like the same five minutes, at, like when we're almost through with the entire movie. And I kind of love that. Yeah. I kind of love that slow build. And, uh, and and I also love the descent into madness that fucking uh, <laughs> Pamela continues to take. Kill her, mommy. Kill her. Don't let her get away, mommy. Don't let her live. I won't, Jason. I won't. <laughs> then that's one woman talking, uh, doing the part of Jason and herself, and it's uh, unnerving. It's perfect. It's really I love good. It. It's uh, it it makes it makes the it makes watching this really fun because once Pamela shows up, it actually feels the most like a Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. Um, and yeah, I mean, like before revisiting the series i I just remember the mom's voice from of course the game and her uh her voice in the freddy versus jason movie right right yes oh i love that she opens up the fucking freddy versus jason film pretty much um but like at this point the what's what doesn't feel like a friday the 13th movie is the fact that like jason sort of like he's sort of like a fucking Sam Fisher kills everybody. Like, <laughs> comes up behind them. They never see him coming. He fucks with one girl a little bit. But in almost every other film, at least a handful of characters attempt to fend off their murder. That never happens here. Until yeah. the end. Until it's revealed that Pamela Voorhees is out killing counselors to try and keep the camp closed or to avenge her, uh, her son's early death. Or is he still alive and they're still talking like... The rest of the series makes this all like a little, wait, what? What's happening? <laughs> if he's still alive, why are you mad? But okay, never mind. Not, not that many questions. But the point is it culminates in a fight between Alice and Pamela. And it's brutal. <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Watching these these this, these two ladies, uh, generations separating them, just beat the shit out of each other. Their head is pushed in the sand repeatedly uh, until eventually Pam, you remember how Pam goes out? Oh, yes. And it was so, it was so gory. It, <laughs> it was, was pretty gross. I, loved it. <laughs> I don't think I've seen like. You see the bone and everything. A neck stump <laughs> that vividly. <laughs> and it happens to this old lady. Just bam. Cut her, head her, head is like cut off in a machete. sliced meat in cartoons where it's like it's got the bone in the middle. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was a very fruit ninja cut. It was too clean. <laughs> yeah. It was too clean. Uh, but and that's, and that should be it, right? That should be end of movie, end of series. Uh, and the, scene. And scene. We have found the killer. And I did think it was pretty smart. She gets in a canoe to kind of like, I guess that could be kind of a safe place to be in the middle of the water. Like, anybody... But she just said that's where her son drowned. I know, but he didn't you Idiot. But if her son is alive, then what's the problem? <laughs> it's, it's difficult to wrap your head around because Jason would be 22 at this point. And the next time we see Jason, he'll be... A little older than that, but the surprise at the end of the movie is the cop showing up, day is saved, and Yeah, the movie's over, yay. Movie's over, yay. And those shots, by the way, this movie looks beautiful. Like I expected to look disgusting, like a most seventies <laughs> films. And it really doesn't. I, either that or Paramount has been good to remastering these films. It those shots of her lying in the canoe in the lake were like some of the most gorgeous scenes I've oh, yeah. I've seen in a horror film. It was Instagramable, uh, right? Because like I, I've watched more recently Sleepaway Camp, which is just fucking dog shit. That is that movie was shot on Polaroid. It, it looks bad, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the cinematography hey, is good. coming back. Yeah, I know it's always going to come back as long as it's gone. <laughs> uh, but but like yes, Jason Voorhees at the end pops up from the lake to tug Alice underneath. And Lizzie, here is where things get confusing. The movie fades to black and Alice wakes up in the hospital. So did this or did this not happen? How did, how did you read that? I think it happened. Mm-hmm. But maybe the cops didn't see it and she just fell in the water. Right, because the, the, ending, the ending, the clip I'll play, they would seem to emphasize this did happen, but we didn't see it. And homeboy's still running free, so be terrified because the scary music <laughs> kicks in. But the next movie which we'll talk about hopefully in the next episode if there is one um patreon.com slash laser time is how we're trying to 
get all this launched, help keep the Laser Time Network supported. 302010, Video Game Apocalypse, Laser Time Show, uh, Elm Street Nightmare, a bunch of other limited series, including launching a new series called The Quiz Down. See, that was a good way to get out plugs right before my last clip. Nice. Alice waking up in the hospital like, what the fuck just happened? Your folks are on the way up. Is anyone else alive? Are they all dead? Yes, ma'am. Two of my men pulled you out of the lake. We thought you were dead, too. Do you remember very much? The boy. Is he dead, too? Who? The boy, Jason. Jason? In the lake. The, the one who attacked me. The one who pulled me underneath the water. Ma'am, we didn't find any boy. Ooh. You mean Pamela? Ambiguity. Yeah. Was it, you mean Pamela He's in a boy? dead. It was Pamela in a boy costume. She chopped <laughs> off her head. She looks shorter. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it's it, For a singular movie, it's a perfect amount of ambiguity, but it only raises questions in regards to how we move further into the series. But ultimately, that won't matter by the time we get to movie number four, which, by the way, we I don't think we're going to give a movie... We wouldn't give a franchise four movies to figure itself out again, <laughs> which this <laughs> this series kind of does. Uh, only Fast and the Furious did we allow that with. I, I wish I could. I wish I could. I wish I could condense the first Fast and the Furious movies into thirty minutes, and you can just start with five because that's when it gets really fun. Was oh, that so? It's I've I've still only seen like the second one. <laughs> oh, the worst one ever! Great. Yeah. Great. So it's like never again. Yeah, you probably hate the series because of that. <laughs> But no, it eventually finds like. So I heard the last one was very sad. It's it's unbelievable it what cry. those movies get away with. Yes, when they the, to say goodbye to an on-screen character who is dead in real life, yeah, in a way that's pretty beautiful. It was. Oh, don't get me started. This is not what we do at Elm Street Nightmare. We don't cry over popcorn car movies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm glad I got the chance to rewatch it. But like the first movie probably won't be high on my list on the movies I end up rewatching. Uh, yeah, Friday 13th movies I, I mean, rewatching. It was definitely interesting to rewatch it mm-hmm. because of <laughs> my understanding of Friday the 13th as a franchise before and just like how little this gives. Um, a fuck? You know, well, <laughs> not, not a fuck. It's just like, you know, there it's it's a slow build. Well, and, yeah, and the movie's, the movie's leading towards a twist ending, which is not something... Yeah. A Friday the 13th movie would and really boy, do again. howdy, does it take its time. It does. <laughs> no, it does. It's a slow movie. Like, from here on out, like, all the other movies are, like, under 90 minutes. They're fat, and they have more kills in them. So, like, they do streamline the fun stuff from here on out. And two, I think, is a much more enjoyable watch, mostly because you will be introduced to a character much more like what you think of when you hear the name Friday the 13th. Chad? Um, Chad, yes, it is the the debut of Chad. I cannot believe you spoiled it for everybody, even though you won't do any more episodes, Lizzie. What? That's what you said. That's what you said. You're saying goodbye. Where can can people see you? Um, People can find me on Twitter, pulling my hair out (laughs) until the wedding happens. And And then uh, I'll be a a whole person again. And we put this as a Patreon goal, because, hey, people got to get paid, um, at patreon.com slash laser time, something we would unlock, and it didn't. we didn't really get there. We want to lock, unlock some other shows, too, including a D&D show uh, and a new quiz show, a weekly trivia quiz show that you guys can all play in and win real prizes. We're still hoping to unlock those, but like, uh, just people like Lizzie wanted to do the show a little, but you... It does, it does suck that you can't do any more Elm Street Nightmare at this point. But that's not to say that it'll never happen. How is the show supposed to go on without Lizzie? Well, I have a few ideas. Well, last uh, the last season on Elm Street Nightmare, we asked Lizzie to rank all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies in order. So, Lizzie, let's wrap this up by finding out where you rank Friday the 13th, part one in the series. Lizzie? Lizzie! Lizzie, where are you? Lizzie! Oh, who are you? Well, uh, I'm Mr. Runnin'. I'm an old friend of the podcast. But she's dead. And the next episode is dead. And the rest of this podcast series is dead. Oh, God. Oh, but it's all right. I'll take care of you. I used to work for the podcast. Oh, no. They're all dead. All the upcoming episodes are dead. Oh, God, this podcast. 
Laser Time should have never opened this place again. There's been too much trouble here. Did you know a young podcast drowned the year before those two other podcasts were killed? The hosts weren't paying any attention. They were making bimmy jokes while that poor podcast drowned. That podcast's name was Elm Street Nightmare. I was working the day it happened, preparing clips here. I was the clip guy. It was... It was not a very good swimmer. We can go now, dear. I think we should wait for Lizzie. Oh, that's not necessary. You see, Elm Street Nightmare was my son, and today is his birthday. Oh, I couldn't let them open this podcast again, could I? Not after what happened. Oh, my sweet, innocent Elm Street Nightmare. My only child, Elm Street Nightmare. You let him drown. You never paid any attention. What you did to him. Look what you did to him. Uh, would you be willing to replace Lizzie for the rest of the series? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. For starters, where would you rank Friday the 13th Part 1? Uh, I gotta be honest. This, I thought I would enjoy this more on a rewatch. But the low budgetness of it kind of really bled through for me. Like, you know, a lot of the kills are just, you know, that, that first person perspective. It's good for a first watch when you don't know it's Pamela Voorhees. Spoiler. How the fuck is um, that going to? How are you going to watch it like that ever again? <laughs>